0: Discover the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning. It's time for Smart Simple Wealth. Oh, we're glad you're with us this week. We got another great edition of Smart Simple Wealth on the way, helping you integrate your financial, legal, and life planning and Show you the power and importance of doing so. Walter Shorholt here alongside Carrie Qureshi of QureshiLaw.com. Carrie serves you throughout Arkansas and Texas. She's an estate and wealth planning attorney. And Carrie, thanks for joining us this week. Ready for another great podcast?
1: Absolutely, I'm ready to roll.
0: We've pulled together a good show for you today. We're going to answer a question a little bit later on from Mary and Little Rock about being confused. Over the terms will and living will. So we're gonna talk about the differences between those two. We've got a fun question to ask Carrie a little later on as well in the getting to know you portion of our program. But you probably saw in the title of today's show, something about learning from celebrity estate planning mistakes. We can always learn things from celebrity faux pas, whether it be dating carry, you know, music choices that they've made, even, I guess, fashion choices sometimes are applauded and other times, you know, not revered, (laughs) the opposite of applauded, I suppose. And we can also learn from estate planning issues because it seems like every year, two or three celebrities will pass away and they'll leave kind of a, a mess in their wake when it comes to their estate and dealing with issues of, oh, I don't know, custody, financial elements, and we'll learn all this stuff about them. And it seems kind of like, okay, well, their problems will never be my problems because they're celebrities. But there are many things that we can kind of learn from what they've gone through. And since we like gossiping about celebrities, let's do a little bit of that today, shall we?
1: (laughs) Right, right. And I love talking about this. This is such a fun podcast to do. And I think for me being an attorney, this brings awareness. This gets a lot of people's attention, usually on not what to do because they didn't plan properly. But there are a few celebrities out there that did get it right. And we're going to talk about that too today.
0: Yeah, there you go. Also, these kinds of conversations are important, too, before we get into our first example, because, you know, this estate planning stuff, Carrie, I mean, I think, you know, you'll be the first to admit, sometimes it's hard for the normal person to talk about it, right? But we can kind of disarm the conversation a little bit by chatting a little bit about celebrities. And that's helpful. I think anything that moves the estate planning conversation along for somebody is a good thing.
1: Right. And and every now and then you'll have somebody that wants to bury their head in the sand and not really address the topic. That's normal. But this is a great way to break the ice and just say, hey, did you hear about so-and-so, especially, you know, for celebrities like Bob Marley or Prince and, you know, Jimi Hendrix, all three of those celebrities, they fail to write down anything for an estate plan and they had millions of dollars in assets, you know, royalties, some um, music royalties, some real estate, and you would think that famous musicians like that would have at least a basic will because we say everybody needs a basic will, right? And these guys didn't have anything. And so that was just a huge nightmare for their families. And one of the situations with Bob Marley, his heirs are still battling out in court three decades later after his death. And so I always say, if you don't love your family, don't do any estate planning Mm. because that's what you're leaving them. You're you're leaving them a big mess. And so if you do nothing else before you die, at least be courteous enough to your loved ones to document your wishes and keep them out of court and conflict.
0: Yeah. So this will be the podcast for you, our mission today. If you uh, you know, know somebody that has trouble talking about these kinds of things, maybe send them this podcast and maybe it'll get the conversation sparked and, and get it going. So first example of the podcast today, the Bob Marley family is is the notable thing about them just for how long that dispute and that fight has been going on. I mean, goodness gracious, three decades. That's a long time to still be arguing about something.
1: Right. And not only just the time frame. think about how much money has been lost in court and paid to attorneys. Yeah. That's not going to the heirs. Mm-hmm. So it's losing money every day that so, could have been prevented.
0: A good example of time is money in their situation, their case. This made news headlines a couple of years ago. It was a pretty big deal because of the age of the actor. But Paul Walker of uh, Fast and Furious fame died at 40 years old with that car accident. What was uh, kind of left in the wake of his estate planning situation?
1: Right. And like you said, this was really tragic because he was young. I mean, it wasn't an accident. But fortunately, he did have some basic estate planning in place. And mm-hmm. so he had created a will. And I think his estate was worth roughly $25 million. And so he had a teenage daughter. But he was smart. He left it in a trust and appointed his mother as her legal guardian. The big problem here is that the trust was only set up until she reached age 18. Hmm. So if you think about, you know, hey, is 18 a little too young to be giving my child, you know, $25 million, you know, m- most 18-year-olds, that's just not not a good decision.
0: Interesting. So do we, uh, I guess she hasn't reached that age yet now, right?
1: Right, I don't think so. I know she was a teenager when he passed away, but she's probably not far off from receiving that entire inheritance. And so for us, you know, if that was a client that came in and we were setting up, you know, an estate plan, we would recommend to create a lifetime trust for that teenage daughter. And, you know, maybe the mother would be the trustee until 25 or 30 or 35 until, you know, they're old enough to make better financial decisions, definitely not 18. But even when That child is old enough to make financial decisions. There are a lot of benefits to creating or leaving that money in a trust. So, there's divorce protection from a future divorce, there's asset protection from a future creditor. So, there's a lot of other things. And, you know, that's really a topic for another podcast. The good news is, you know, Paul did have some basic estate planning in place, but it could have been improved.
0: I take back my statement. She actually has surpassed that 18 year old age now. I think she's about 20. As it is now. So, uh, you know, So okay. she, she is now dealing with having all of those funds and, and the complications that come along with that. And so, you know, good luck handling and, and being, you know, mature and handling all those different things. Hopefully she's got a good supporting cast around her and, you know, is able to make right. make a good life and do more with that $25 million. That she received at 18. It's quite the gift at any age. And at 18, we've got lots of uh, things to be thinking about there. It brings to mind memories of, you know, lottery winners getting that big influx of cash all of a sudden and, and kind of navigating the pitfalls that come along with that. Right. So that's another interesting celebrity uh, passing that did have some planning that went into it, but maybe could have uh, had some additional layers there for some safety reasons in the Paul Walker situation. What about Heath Ledger? This was another one that had really big news headlines, just particularly the way that we uh, lost Heath Ledger. What was his estate planning situation after his death?
1: Well, he was another one that he did at least create a will, um, I guess, shortly after becoming famous and realizing he needed to do it. But he failed to keep it updated. It was more than five years out of date. And in that time, he had had a young daughter. And so his outdated will actually left his entire fortune to his parents and his sister. And his daughter legally didn't inherit anything. From him. Hmm. This could have been really, really bad, but fortunately, his parents made sure that their granddaughter was provided for. But, like, you know, we said, you know, that isn't always going to happen in every case.
0: And it's kind of the kind of situation, I guess, where it's not just, you know, an immediate decision, too, but they have, they're kind of signing up now for a lifelong situation of making sure that that granddaughter you know, is treated fairly, but those lines can blur over the course of 10, 15, 20 years and beyond.
1: Right. And legally, there's no requirement for them to give her any money. Yeah. So maybe they give her a little bit now, but if she ever did something and kind of fell out of favor with them, legally, that's, you know, his parents and his sister's money. So they could stop at any time and just say, "Hmm, no, I don't think so. Or as we often discuss, you know, with clients, what if the parents or the sister had some type of, you know, creditor or misfortune or a divorce and lost some of that inheritance, then it wouldn't go to his child either. So that's another, you know, concern to be aware of.
0: All that can be avoided with just a little bit of extra planning. But these examples are showing us that just, you know, having a will definitely, like you said, is, you know, you got to at least have that. But in addition to that, there's so many other little things that you can do to better the situation. So the mistakes aren't always, they didn't have a will there are other mistakes that can be made throughout the process. What about uh, Paul Newman in his situation?
1: Right. And this is really interesting as well. And this kind of goes to not only legally documenting and updating your will or your estate plan, but also going a step further and letting people know your intentions on why you're doing certain things. And what I mean by that, Paul Newman had a wheel and he made a final update to it just a few months before his death back in 2008. And the update left his daughters with no ownership or control of Newman's own foundation, which was his legendary charity. And the prior versions of the wheel all had his family included and it indicated, you know, you'll have membership on the foundation and you're always going to be a part of that. And so the final version actually left control to his business partner. (laughs) And, you know, there was some allegations that during his final months, you know, he was not, you know, mentally stable and that he was persuaded to change his estate plan to leave control to his business partner instead of his family. And, you know, you know, this is a concern for a lot of people. We always, you know, worry about, you know, what if, you know, I'm in my older years and I'm taking advantage of. And so, you know, the daughters are now fighting the business partner in court over these rights because they believe they were entitled to them and that that last update, you know, wasn't a valid change.
0: Wow boy, some of these things you just don't even, uh, maybe I'm just naive, you don't even think about these things happening. But then when you start dealing with these amounts of money, and it doesn't necessarily even come down to the amount, I guess. It's more that conversation of, hey, the intentions were to come to us, and you maybe took advantage of that and, and of his situation and, and changed the course of, of how history should have played out. And that's, that's got to be tough for families and especially family members to get over and, and navigate around.
1: Right. And I think the lesson here is if he was in his right mind and he was making these changes, then he needed to clearly communicate that. And we have something called a legacy letter where, you know, he should have written down, you know, to my daughters, this is why I'm making these changes. I understand that you're going to be upset, but here's why I wanted to do that. And I think if the daughters would have had something like that, it would have indicated, one, that he was in the right frame of mind to make those changes and that they may not be in court contesting it. And without that, you just don't know. And so that's where they are today.
0: Instead, we're left with many question marks, as you've seen in many of these cases and situations. What about Muhammad Ali?
1: This one, you know, last one, I saved the best for last, but this is getting away from, you know, the financial stuff on estate planning. But Muhammad Ali wanted to have a multi-day festival to be held in his honor. You know, he wanted not only the festival, he wanted an Islamic funeral, he wanted a public memorial. And so he actually worked with his lawyers for several years to ensure that these wishes were carried out. And so, you know, now that you document, you know, your legal wishes, you may have wishes, regarding how your life should be memorialized and how, you know, your care should be handled. And I think one of my greatest memories in working with clients in the past on this topic of being remembered, we had a document where he wanted to be cremated. He said, I don't want a burial. I want to be cremated. And I want my ashes to be scattered over this lake that the family went to every year on a vacation, this beautiful lake, And he had three grown sons and he wrote down on the piece of paper, I want you to scatter my ashes on this lake and I want a huge fireworks display. And he even said, he said, I'm leaving you boys enough money. Don't be cheap. I want this to be amazing. (laughs) And I just I love that story because that's what he wanted. And so, you know, he communicated that to his family.
0: That's pretty cool. And that sounds a little bit more like maybe where, you know, a lot of people will fall into that category of just, hey, I have some simple wishes, some simple ideas... That I'd like carried out from the non-financial standpoint. And so that's great to just have those things in writing so it's very clear for folks. And then on the same coin, it also applies to the financial side as well. You know, that money wields power, wields decision-making, wields, you know, affects the lives of those in your future. And so just with a little bit of pre-planning, you can save a lot of, it sounds to me like you save a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. That's what's sort of the common thread in a lot of these celebrity examples is it just leaves behind a lot of arguing and pain. And so you can kind of avoid some of that for your family members if you've taken care of things and addressed it on the front end.
1: Right. I mean, our goal is always to help you protect your family and keep them out of conflict in court, you know, in the event that you're incapacitated or when you pass away.
0: So Carrie, how does your process help people kind of begin this conversation and then walk them through, you know, getting that estate plan in place? And then also the follow-up. You said it's a living, breathing thing. So how often are you following up with folks? How frequent do you make changes to these plans? What's all involved?
1: Right. Well, our process is based off of a a four meeting process. But normally in that introductory meeting, which we call a family wealth planning session, you know, we're talking about all of these concerns. What's important to your family? You know, what do you feel like is going to happen to your children, what are you most worried about or worried, you know, about leaving a surviving spouse and talking about the assets. And so we we have a process to talk about that and really to narrow down the concerns. And then together, we're able to create a customized estate plan that's going to address all of those issues. And once that plan is put into place, then one of two things will happen most likely you will become a member of what we call our VIP Client Care Program. And this is where we do a free meeting with you every year. We make sure that your assets are all in the trust and just make sure that as life goes on, your estate plan stays updated. And that's a big difference than a lot of other attorneys where you just do a document and then you put it on your shelf and you think you're good to go for the next 20 years. And so we want to make sure that everything stays updated. For people that aren't on our VIP client care, we still do a free meeting with them every three years to make sure that, you know, their estate plan is current. They just don't have all the other value-added benefits of, you know, free changes and some other free planning that we include in that process.
0: Well, if this has been helpful information for you learning from some celebrity estate planning mistakes, hopefully that maybe will spark the conversation for you and maybe a family member that's been struggling to have it. Share this episode with them. Have the conversation. Use celebrities to help uh, you know engage in these kinds of talks. It can be helpful, believe it or not. If you want to call and talk to Carrie a little bit more about these kinds of things and more seriously about your situation, 870-275-4304 is the number to call to begin. the conversation 870-275-4304 and you can also get in touch with the team online at QureshiLaw.com that's QureshiLaw.com all right Carrie it's time for another question from the mailbag this week we're answering Mary's question from Little Rock and Mary's got a simple one says I'm confused by the terms will and living will what's the difference
1: right and we see this um, common mistake quite a bit. We have people call the office and say, hey, I need to get a living will. And so we always have to back up and say, okay, do you want a living will or do you want a last will and testament? And so the terms will and last will and testament are the same. And that is the document that is going to go into effect when you die. And it will name your executor or your personal representative. And that's simply the person that is going to manage your estate when you're gone. And then it's also going to name your beneficiaries who gets what. The living will is your decisions on end-of-life care if you're incapacitated and you cannot tell the doctors what your wishes are. And so people think of this document as the pull-the-plug document, right? So take me off life support or, you know, don't take me off life support. Keep me hooked up. And so for a lot of people, they remember the Terry Shavo case and this was a 10-year battle of this woman that was incapacitated on life support and the doctors came into the family and said you know based on her medical condition we don't think she's going to make it you know we don't think there's a quality of life here and the husband wanted to remove her from life support and the parents didn't the parents challenged her medical diagnosis and said no we believe she'll get better we don't want to pull the plug. And because Terry Schiavo did not have a living will that he stated her wishes on this topic, the family was in court for over 10 years, ultimately ended up in the Supreme Court, ultimately being removed from life support.
0: Tough situation. I think a lot of us probably remember that Terry Shivo case, even you know, being younger during that time. It was just such in, in the news every single day, that legal battle and that fight. And again, we're talking always, it seems, Carrie, a couple of simple documents handle all of these big disputes and big issues. And so it just takes a little bit of time, uh, a little bit of thought to go into these things. And it just you can avoid so many of these problems. So helpful information there, Mary, hopefully that answers your question. These are the kinds of things that Carrie covers in the family wealth protection toolkit. Think of it as a great starter guide for anybody who's maybe never walked down that estate planning route before the toolkit kind of gives you some great resources that show you the magic of integrating your financial legal and life planning all together. If you want to get a family wealth protection toolkit, it's a physical box that Carrie and her team are going to send you so that you can get lots of great information on those different topics. You can get that on the website, QureshiLaw.com. Just check the description of today's episode on whatever podcast app you're using or if you're already on the website, and you'll see the link where you can order for free that family wealth protection toolkit. Again, online at (music) QureshiLaw.com. It's getting to know you time. That sound, as you know, means it's time to get to know Carrie a little bit better. And my question for you this week, Carrie, before we wrap up the program, what skill, what's a skill that you would like to master?
1: Hmm. Well, you know, one of the skills that... I wouldn't mind having, because you didn't say this had to be logical. So I would like (laughs) to become a mind reader.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, there you go.
1: That's a skill. You know, for me, I'm very, I'm a straightforward person. Um, (laughs) I don't like to play games. And so I think if I could just read someone's mind and know exactly, you know, what they're thinking, then I think it would save a lot of people some time.
0: Wouldn't life get boring though if you just knew what everybody was going to say all the time? You would just be you would just be so dominant, you know. You'd just rule rule everything. It, life would just get boring. At that. There'd be no there'd be no mystery anymore.
1: Right. So if I had to pick a <laughs> practical one then, if you're going to rule that out, I would like to know how to whistle. Because believe it or not, I cannot whistle. Really?
0: Okay. See, that's more of the mm-hmm. line of what I was thinking when we when we thought up this yeah. question. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You and even whistle. my
1: six-year-old son makes fun of me because I cannot whistle.
0: Now, see, I can't do the one where you put your fingers in your mouth and you do the true, like, really loud whistle. My, uh, my aunt can do that incredibly well. Um, I've never been able to do that skill. But just general whistling... You know, I mean, that's not an actual whistling no. song, I guess, but, you know, <laughs> that skill always came naturally to me. So I never really had to develop yeah. that one. But
1: uh, well, now I'm jealous of, of that. So <laughs> isn't it funny the things that
0: some people can do? I mean, they're kind of meaningless, but the things some people can do and others can't, like whistling, it just seems like everyone would be able to whistle, but some people can't, mm-hmm. some people can't. Hmm.
1: Apparently, it's something I've never been able to master. So
0: well, <laughs> there you go. You need to find a whistling coach and get you in good shape to whistle one of these days. Work on it. In a couple of podcasts, we'll, we'll see if you can whistle.
1: You'll check in on me. Gotcha. We'll, ch- we'll check
0: in on you. Yeah, get to work. Master that skill. It's a very important one. You should master that. So get get to it. <laughs> I know you're not that busy. Come on.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: awesome. All right, Carrie. Well, thank you for the help on the podcast today. And we will do it again next time.
1: Yep. Thank you, Walter.
0: For Carrie Qureshi, I'm Walter Storhold. Thanks for joining us. So we'll talk to you next time on Smart Simple Wealth. did you know you can subscribe to the smart simple wealth podcast with your favorite app it's on itunes google podcasts spotify stitcher and dozens of other places where you listen to podcasts and if it's not on an app you'd like to use let us know and we'll get it on there to make sure you never miss an episode just search smart simple wealth on your favorite podcasting platform today and subscribe Investment advisory services offered through Pegasus Wealth Coaching, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Legal services provided by Qureshi Law Firm, PLLC. The Qureshi Law Firm and Pegasus Wealth Coaching are not affiliated in any way. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment or legal advice. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Information provided does not create an attorney-client relationship and cannot substitute for obtaining legal advice from an attorney admitted to practice law in your state.